Jasmine Falk Dickerson, welcome to the podcast. Have you ever been othered? Have you othered someone? Are you familiar with the effects of othering in society? Depending on which side of the othering verb you stand, you may or may not be affected by this dangerous and harmful practice that is common all around the world. Change begins with a thought, and today I want you to think about othering. So you may have noticed that I started today with saying I want you to think instead of I want you to meet, because today I want you to meet a thought, actually. This is going to be a spin-off of my I want you to meet podcast. It's going to stay within the umbrella of I want you to meet, but I am introducing um, a weekly thought, a weekly topic for us to process together, and um, I'm going to talk a little bit about how this is going to work. So it's going to be a mini-series Uh, The episodes will be shorter than the usual I Want You to Meet episodes, and this mini-series is called I Want You to Think. Each week or every other week, I will choose a topic. Sometimes it'll be just me rambling on about it, and other times I'm going to have a guest that will share ideas and thoughts on that particular topic with me. The goal is to have these episodes last anywhere between 30 and 40 minutes. We'll discuss something different every time. I am taking a lot of your suggestions, so feel free to contact me and send me topics and issues of your concern or issues you want to hear more about or even issues you want to talk to me about. I would love to have you on the podcast chatting up a storm with me. That being said, now that I've got the introduction out of the way, um, I'm going to tell you why I believe this concept of the I Want You to Think series is important. Right now, there are so many things in our social and personal world that is creating a lot of dynamics that are um, hindering upon the opportunity to dialogue and converse and communicate effectively. So many of the things that we discuss in politics and in the social um, arena and including social media or even interpersonal relationships is causing so much uh, divisiveness and heartache and anger and frustration And I believe that at the base of all of that, there's just a need and a desire and a deep, deep, um, a deep seated survival need to be seen and heard, understood, loved and included. The goal in this series is for us to be brave and comfortable in having these conversations. I personally have lived my whole life in controversy to some extent, not by choice, but sort of by cultural um, forcefulness, I guess. So I'm not afraid of having the conversations. I know and trust the same for you as you listen and as you tune in. And I want to make sure that the principle of these conversations comes from a place of desire to understand, a desire to learn, a willingness to accept and change and not take things personally and in a way that is intended to offend us because education and learning comes by facing difficulty and difficult topics. So I want to preface all that as we dive into these conversations as the weeks go along. And I want to make sure that all of the listeners are aware of the fact that the intention here is understanding, learning, changing, and fostering a safe environment for everyone to feel seen and heard. The topic I chose today, as you heard in the introduction, is othering. So 
what is othering? I, I mean, I know that um, there are various interpretations, actually. Over the years, I've looked at all the different ways in which othering is explained and introduced and even um, understood from different points of view. And so it depends on which side of the othering factor you belong. Your understanding of othering may be a little different. I know that for me, othering has been an all too familiar companion my whole life. And part of that reason is probably because I come from two extremely vastly different cultures. So I've probably viewed myself and have been viewed as a third culture child for the most part. And so that has put me at odds from the very beginning in terms of where do I belong? What category am I to be placed under? What community do I really uh, identify with? And so Uh, I think my biggest struggle has been not so much understanding that from my own personal perspective, but seeing how others have chosen to other me. Seeing how others, and I keep using this word, have chosen to categorize me and seeing how others have assumed the identity for myself. So this episode comes partially from personal experience dialoguing, and also from conversations that I've had with people over the years that have either felt the way I felt or were absolutely oblivious to the concept of othering. I've really uh, been surprised at reading such variety in ways uh, how othering is explained and defined by either personal um, experiences in writing, in documentation, in articles, but also in the uh, more kind of uh, formal research-based psychological, sociological explanation of othering. But I'll tell you, the simplest way to explain it from the basic, I guess, dictionary uh, definition, and this is pulled out of the dictionary online from a Google search, and it says... Viewing or treating others, a person or a group of people, as intrinsically different from and alien to oneself. So that is the most basic way in which I have seen the uh, concept of othering explained. And that kind of is a good start. So from there, we can expand this conversation into how are people othered? Well, People are othered based on their race, based on their culture, based on their gender, their sexuality, religion. These are all very, very common social concepts. And we have seen people struggle in life due to these concepts, due to these labels and these titles, if you will. And the othering factor has played a huge role in exacerbating the, I guess, the dangers with which people live their own known experience, again, whether it's race, culture, gender, sexuality, religion, and so forth. How has the concept of othering people become a dangerous practice in society? This I find really fascinating, because on one hand, because I come from diverse cultures, I'm one that is huge on celebrating diversity and celebrating cultures and celebrating what makes us unique and different. And so from the from the standpoint of using the word diversity, which diversifies, which means, you know, different to some extent, there is in its own makeup an assumption that there is this and that, us and the other. And so instinctively, perhaps the concept of diversity is one that fosters that idea of othering. 
But in reality, it's been completely twisted in society and in all the experiences that we share and that we are part of in society. So some of the ways in which um, I found dangerous the um, practice of othering is casting people in groups into others and separating them from ourselves. So why? Well, for one, we're assuming their identities and their experiences. So instead of asking the plain question, how do you identify or what is your experience or how may I approach a particular topic with you, we've already made those assumptions on our own and we've already decided that they are categorized in a specific field, in a specific group, in a specific community. So that alone is super dangerous. Again, I know this from experience and I will share more about that. But the other problem with um, othering people is that we often vilify these groups. It is not usually an othering of celebration. It's an othering of vilifying, of separating, of creating exclusion and division. And that situation immediately puts the category of people that we have othered into a disadvantage. Examples of disadvantage are healthcare, education, prosperity in the job force, prosperity in living, housing, um, job opportunities, any way in which a person in society can grow and function and be a successful and whole member of society is immediately severed the moment we have othered them. So to recap, we have absolutely discovered here that othering individuals is a harmful practice in society. So it's fair to say that at this point, I should introduce myself and my experience a little bit, just so that I don't sound too much of an authority here, because I am absolutely not an authority in any shape or form. But my experience has allowed me to have um, a little something to say about this. So I've mentioned before on the podcast, if you've listened, and if not, I will uh, reintroduce myself. Um, I grew up with a bicultural uh, upbringing. I am by ethnic and bicultural. My mother is European from Italy specifically, and my dad is Arabian. And uh, so I, I've grown up in Saudi Arabia, where my father was from, and I spend a lot of time in Europe visiting my mother's family and getting to know that side of my cultural heritage. When I was growing up, I was always categorized as an other. I was never Saudi enough for all of my Saudi friends and classmates. And even in culture, I seemed to notice this distinction of this um, non-pure Saudi, this part European, this perhaps maybe infidel, just because religion plays such a huge part of the identity there. And I have been told multiple times by various girls that I wasn't Arab enough, Muslim enough, Saudi enough, um, all of those things. So I knew that from a very, very young age, that that was going to be sort of a, a an experience that was going to shape and mold the person that I was going to become. Setting culture aside, the fact that I was a girl slash woman uh, became also a huge part of my othering experience in a part of the world where there is much to say about women's um, identity and women's liberties and women's um, justice and uh, freedoms. I can say that there has been many an opportunity where I have witnessed being othered because I was a woman. Unfortunately, othering myself uh, or being othered as a woman was not exclusively an experience that I had 
growing up in the Middle East or growing up in a part of the world that is a lot more conservative than other parts of the world. Uh, being othered as a woman has pretty much been an experience I have witnessed everywhere in the world. Um, more on that, I'm sure we will talk more on that and about you know gender equality in, in future episodes. The third way that my experience has been shaped by being othered is religion. So religious identity is a huge part of um, the Muslim culture, the Middle Eastern culture, uh, specifically where I was growing up. And so based on how committed you were to religion, you were assessed, judged, and evaluated. So my religion was a very personal thing for myself. My spirituality was a very personal experience, and I have always been uh, judged and cast aside because of perhaps my choice to move forward with my religious identity. When I came to America, because I immigrated here about 21 years ago, um, I noticed that my experience of being othered was alive and well. At first, I thought I was arriving in the land of the melting pot, but then I soon realized that actually immigrants are immediately othered and immediately set aside as a category that belongs separate from the so-called American society. Depending on what uh, your country of origin was, your immigrant status was also then divided and cast in a different group or denomination or whatever word you want to use for it, label, whatever it is. In my case, I think because I came from the Middle East during the 9-11 era, uh, there has been a very different interpretation of how, how I was othered. I was othered by some groups as an oh, woe's me, kind of poor immigrant from the Middle East. We're going to make sure we take care of you. You're going to be okay. We're not going to, you know, um, discriminate against you. And then there was, of course, the what? Middle East? Oh, you are one of them. So so I've been uh, bipolarly othered, and that's not a word, but I'm using it. In a bipolar fashion, I've been othered in the same concept in two different parts of the, or sides of the coin. So that was one way of being othered. Then being othered as a woman from the Middle East was a completely other thing. So what does that mean? Are you a woman that is liberal? Are you conservative? Are you wearing a hijab? Are you not wearing a hijab? Are you comfortable talking to men? Are you assertive and will you lead your own life and have your own decisions? Or are you sort of waiting for the man to make those decisions for you? So that not only categorized me in the woman category, but very much of a specifically Middle Eastern woman category. The assumption of religion was another one. I have never been super open and necessarily felt like it was anybody's business what my religious practices was, but I am a spiritual person. I do not identify with any particular religion, and I uh, have very, very clear views on how my own personal spiritual and religious journey has transpired and transformed over the years, and that's a topic for a whole other conversation and, and podcast, so I won't jump into that right now. But I know that when people know I am part Middle Eastern, they immediately assume that I am Muslim, which that is not how I identify. The other assumption is when they know I'm half Italian, potentially that I may be Catholic. Again, not even an identity that I have even ever worn. So religion was another way in which I noticed being othered and categorized. But I have to say my absolute favorite, and I say that with love and sarcasm, is being othered based on my ethnic and identity uh, self. 
So I know that race is a hot topic in this country. In the United States, people love labeling everything based on the color of the skin, labeling everything based on the race or racial identity. And there's so little information on how, I guess, deep and vast the conversation of ethnicity and identity and culture is. Americans have, for the most part, sadly, been taught that those labels and those identities and those categories fall under the color of the skin. And even though that is how it's been practiced, it is interesting to me when I witness the categorization of a light-skinned person of color still as a person of color, as they rightfully you know, choose to be, but yet there is this confusion about how much does skin color play a part in. Now, I'm going to tell you for me personally, um, I'm going to just come out and say how I've identified my whole life, how my parents have told me um, I, I, I ought to identify and how they've identified themselves as a couple and as parents of children that they've brought into the world. My mother is Italian, therefore Southern um, Mediterranean Caucasian Italian woman. My father is Arabian from the northern part of the Arabian Peninsula, but also categorized as Caucasian. Uh, the color of my parents' skin is both somewhat olive in tone. It's Mediterranean in tone. And so we have always grown up viewing ourselves as Caucasian people or what here in America is referred to as white. Um, I'm not going to go into the details of racial identity right now, but I will say that growing up, I have identified myself and I've seen my identity as a Caucasian person with olive skin and uh, Mediterranean look and Middle Eastern look and Middle Easterners again come in various colors as well. But in America, I found absolutely mind boggling that I was categorized racially in a way that came from utter and pure assumptions from others. I have never, ever, ever been asked by a person how I racially identify. I was immediately told what I was, not blatantly, but in an assumption in conversation. So people will always say something like, well, as a person of color, you know, blah, 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 or you are one of my friends who are a person of color. I'm not even making this up. I'm literally like paraphrasing for the most part, but these are conversations that have happened in my 21 years of American life. And, you know, I giggle. I, I, I don't always correct people in that moment. And it doesn't matter. I truly don't have a particular investment in how I'm seen or how I impose my identity. Uh, color to me is it's limiting. Uh, race is also unfortunately become a damaging concept. I am all for personal empowerment and identity and understanding who you are, how you want to be seen and treated. And I think this ought to be a really personalized position. Um, I don't think that it needs to be something that is imposed and cast upon us. And therefore, Again, for uh, saving time here and staying focused on the othering, I'm not going to go so much into the racial identity conversation, but I will say that that has been one of the ways in which I've been othered, especially in the Pacific Northwest. I've lived in uh, Wyoming for 10 years, and I don't know that I've ever had this conversation of race and color and all that. It's I think people there, for the most part, from my experience, were 
uh, somewhat of a live and let live. I know that some had opinions, but maybe never said them to my face. But living in the Pacific Northwest where it's a lot more out in the open, these conversations are important and happening, and I'm so glad and grateful for that. It is a little surprising to see the degree in which people believe they know and understand certain topics um, and this is, again, not specific to the Pacific Northwest, but it's sort of a generalized uh, time in which we live where these conversations are happening with very little knowledge, very little education, and very little information. So how should we deal with this problem? We've recognized and identified that othering is a problem. And I'm telling you from personal experience, it really is a problem. If you haven't felt it or if you're not quite sure why it's a problem, chances are you've either othered others or you've just never been around enough diversity to other people or to recognize they're being othered. Okay, so then how should we deal with this problem? Well, there are things that I have applied and heard from other folks that have applied in their life and in their experience of being othered that have been super effective. I'm going to go down a list of things that I wrote down from my own assessment of what has been effective in feeling the experience of being othered. And also in the recognition that potentially I may be othering others. So here we go. The first thing I always think to myself is to remain neutral, especially if I'm in a position that I need to correct someone. So if someone makes some uh, incorrect assessment or judgment, I feel the need perhaps to correct that point of view, to do it and to say it in a fairly neutral way. And that means avoiding hostility and aggression. It's really, really hard when you've been triggered your whole life and when you've been othered your whole life and due to the othering, you've been oppressed to not have some deep emotional reaction to feeling it yet again. I totally understand that. And my sons know every conversation that we have that arises from a place of conflict at home, I have definitely brought up the whole gender inequality or the genderness of the conversation. Uh, they, you know, they've grown up with that. They've, they've heard me say it multiple times. It's really hard not to be triggered by that kind of injustice and that uh, inequality in, in not just in, in uh, social experiences, but even in conversation, like even in seeing how people talk to you and treat you. So it really is effective, though, if you are able to remain and maintain a neutral approach to avoid hostility and aggression, and also to work really hard on self-care and personal confidence. When you value yourself and you know your own worth and you build upon that with an assertive confidence that is not arrogant, cocky, um, you know, better than thou and all that, uh, you really are able to advocate for yourself without the need to feel confrontational, without the need to fight, without the need to... Um, I guess, the need to destroy the person in front of you that has done you wrong. Now, I'm talking about smaller, more effective ways in which we can change the model and the mentality of being othered and othering others. These suggestions that I'm offering are not large-scale work, although I don't know if they would work in larger-scale situations, but I'm talking just on a very, very personal level. One of the ways in which I found was really also helpful is promoting a positive representation of yourself 
and your community. So the community in which you have been othered, whether it's racial, ethnic, cultural, religious, sexual orientation, gender, whatever that is, if you've been othered into that group, I say be an ambassador, be an advocate for that group, and promote the most positive representation for your group and for yourself, not to please others, not to say, look, I'm worthy and I deserve your attention and not being othered, but just to make sure that it is known and it is clear that you celebrate what makes you diverse, you celebrate what makes you stand out, you celebrate what makes you uniquely you and identify with all of those gifts and qualities. So promote a positive representation as much as you can and as often as you can. Self-deprecation is, I guess, welcome in humor, not in everyday life and not in the situations in which you find yourself needing to defend yourself or your community, there's no need to defend any of it. You are perfect and um, doing the best that you can under the circumstances in which society has pinned you. The other thing I would suggest is create an informal and formal, if necessary, support system, whether it's friends, whether it's family, whether it's groups that you can belong to, whether it's uh, communities, Any kind of support system that you can find for yourself, that you are with people who not only share your experience, but if they don't share your experience, understand it and full-heartedly are willing to be part of the solution and allies, then I say promote that, support that, create that for yourself. And of course... Nothing is possible without education. We know that education is the foundation to success, whether it's societal success, personal success, community success, any kind of accomplishment comes from education. So I say educate yourself as much as you can, because when you are educated on a topic that you wholeheartedly believe and support, uh, believe in and support, then you are able to educate others. Education is a practice that needs to happen with love and compassion and patience. Education does not happen with violence, anger, hostility. Um, So the more educated we are, um, we assume, the more sophisticated we are as well. Also, if that all doesn't help, then I would say begin with refraining from othering people yourself. Even if you've been othered, it is so easy to then other the people who have othered you. It's very easy to say, oh, those people who are privileged, those people who are in that position, who are, you know, doing this to me, doing this to us, that's creating another reversal othering situation. If you want to deconstruct and destroy the concept of being othered and having othering as part of an everyday societal practice, then I say begin with yourself. Refrain from othering others because you have taken the power away from them to make that distinction of being other than you. When you don't see the othering, the othering does not exist. And the more others want to other, they will be incapable of because you have removed and destroyed that line that has been put before you. So deconstructing society's idea that promote othering is the way to start within. And only by example can we make it clear that that particular concept is no longer serving you and no longer serving society. But really, in uh, in conclusion, I want to say that knowing that you are amazing, brilliant, valuable, 
and an important golden global citizen is what it all boils down to. Loving yourself, accepting yourself, recognizing that all of your experiences have made you the indispensable person that you are today that has a contribution in society, whether in small or big ways, it doesn't matter because uh, parts of the molecular existence are not visible. We know that they're microscopic and, and microscopic, and yet without them, almost everything that is alive today would not exist. So remember that no matter how big or how small your contribution is to society, you are completely and unquestionably indispensable. Okay, well, I hope you found today's topic interesting. Um, and I hope it got you thinking about something that perhaps has never been on your radar. If it hasn't been on your radar, I hope that it is now something that you will think about, something that you will consider in your interactions with others, because chances are we've all done it. It's almost uh, a certainty that we've othered others. And I encourage you to really think about how you engage and how you refer to people and to groups and to communities when you are conversing. But if this has been a troublesome experience in your life and this has been part of who you are and you have been othered and you have been, for lack of a better word, victimized in the role of uh, subcategory, subgroup in society, then I'm sorry that this has been your experience and I really truly understand and I welcome your comments if you have more to add. If you want to take this conversation a little further, there's always room for other episodes in which we can dialogue more about this. Uh, being othered is such a vast, vast, vast experience. It's impossible to ever pin it down to uh, one conversation or one dialogue or even one topic. Well, I want to thank you for listening and for tuning in today. I encourage you to check out all the other episodes in the I Want You to Meet series because all of my guests brought amazing insight and truly inspiring stories. So go back and check those out and stay tuned for more to come. I hope you continue to follow the podcast and I ask that you consider rating and reviewing it. Also, find me on Instagram where you can reach me and know more about podcast updates. That information and more is in this episode's description. This podcast is produced and recorded by Dante Falk, edited and mixed by Eros Falk, original music by Dante and Eros Falk, recorded in Olympia, Washington at Casa Nostra Studios. Visit the website, jasminefalkdickerson.com. Ciao for now. Mm -hmm.